Welcome to Training Room Talk, where we discuss all things performance, rehab, and education. Welcome back to Training Room Talk. I'm Dr. John Herding here with Dr. Ray Carr. How's everyone doing today? Dr. Uh, well, Rob Rabina, might as well be a doctor. Might as well. Dr. Nick Pergini. Hey, guys. And Alex Stewart, SPT. How we doing? Still here with our student. He'll be here for another couple weeks as he prepares for his um, final clinical exams and licensure exam. Um, but anyway, today we're going to talk about deadlifts and low back pain. Um, should you do deadlifts if you have low back pain? Should you never do them again if you have had low back pain? Should you never do deadlifts again because it could cause low back pain? Um, personally, I think um, as a doctor of physical therapy, think that deadlifts are one of the best things you can do to both prevent low back pain and cure low back pain. Um, I think there's certain standards that people need to meet before they um, progress into doing them or before a, um, well, before they progress into doing them either after an injury or as they work into a strength and conditioning program or through a rehab program, um, people need to hit certain standards and show certain prerequisites before they progress into um, maybe a conventional deadlift where they're deadlifting with the barbell from the floor. Um, there are, of course, other varieties in there, which we'll get into. Um, but yes, I think people should deadlift. They should deadlift often. Um, they should deadlift when they have low back pain. They should deadlift if they're rehabbing from low back pain, and they should deadlift to prevent low back pain. Um, we're going to go to our resident strength and conditioning expert, Rob Rubina, to give his thoughts first. Deadlifts are the best exercise you could possibly do. I think they are a fantastic exercise at working pretty much every muscle in the body. Um, you know, I think they should be at everyone's programs. Now, when I say er I think they should be, hip hinging, deadlifting can mean a lot of different things. That can be learning to just hip hinge from your knees, kneeling hip hinge. Like, that's where I start my 12U kids who can't bend over, touch their toes, and have no idea how to weight shift and can't get into their hips at all. Um, so, you know, learning how to hip hinge is, is vital for sport and athletic development. So, Rob, could you describe for people out there um, that don't know what a hip hinge is, what what a difference a hip hinge from maybe a squat? So, like a hip hinge to me is um, having a soft knee bend, not an angled knee like tibia, like soft knee, and pretty much bringing the hips backwards, uh, so shooting the hips backwards, keeping the hips higher than your knees, and bringing your trunk over top of your feet pretty much um, so it really is just like pretty much a door hinge you're hinging from your hips your trunk bends over maintaining a nice flat uh, neutral spine all sitting into your hips um, without the knees coming forward and without rounding the back or overarching the back or having any compensation through the spine and, and often we're cueing like hips behind heels sometimes yes, yes. yeah yes and you, you should feel hamstrings if you aren't feeling hamstrings then you can't really start to add load yet so have to feel a good hamstring stretch or any sort of hamstrings um, really in that exercise to begin to um, load that exercise. Because when you start loading it, you have to be able to push and feel the ground and 
squeeze the squeeze the glutes to be able to bring your hips forward. That's how you bring. That's how you stand up from the from a deadlift is is with hamstrings on stretch, kind of like recoiling back to bring your hips forward. Um, you know, so that's to me is is a proper hip hinge, and a lot of people struggle with with proper hip hinging. The biggest difficulty that I see, and this is probably why a lot of people either have back pain with squatting or with uh, deadlifting, is they squat their deadlift and they end up pulling instead of pushing when they're going to do a lot of deadlift variations. They pull with their back and push with their quads. Um, that's not how you deadlift. And if you deadlift like that and, and continue to load like that, eventually you're not going to be able to pull as much weight and you're going to hurt your back. So, you know, I think my first thought is that a lot of people that have had back problems with deadlifting and have had pain with deadlifting or back pain causes their deadlifts is you're probably deadlifting improperly and you don't know how to deadlift. So my advice to you is to go find someone that knows how to deadlift and make sure that your technique is optimal before you go and load. And, and you don't have to do the hardest deadlifting variation, which would be the conventional deadlift in my opinion. You can do other variations and still live a healthy lifestyle, play a sport. You know, I've trained a lot of pro athletes that don't conventional deadlift, but guess what? They throw hard and they feel healthy, and that's all that matters. So I think that's the other issue that I feel a lot of people run into is you don't really have your goals. Your goals aren't matched up with your exercise selection. So your goals need to match your exercise selection. If your goal is just to, like, live healthy and feel good and maybe be strong and you know, do what you need to do, then you don't have to sumo deadlift. You could do other variations. You can deadlift from blocks or from a rack or do a trap bar. You know, you could do kettlebell swings, which isn't really not much stress on the spine, you know, because there's only 60-pound, 70-pound weight in your hands. Um, you know, so I think overall there's lots of variations of deadlifting that you can do that will match your goals, that will make you feel good and not have back pain. So to me, it comes back to the goals, matching the exercise with the person, making sure you're able to do the de a proper hip hinge, right? And that starts with progressing properly from the body weight hip hinge. There's lots of progressions that you can follow to make sure that you're getting into your hips and you're not squatting and you're not overarching your back. Um, making sure you feel hamstrings before you stand up from the deadlift is a, is a big thing that, I've, that I use. Um, and then teaching athletes to push instead of pull. So differentiating that, you know, pushing the ground away and standing up with the, with the deadlift instead of pulling the bar up off the ground, getting that concept across to the athlete is, is huge. Um, that's going to eliminate any lower back pain or discomfort that might arise from when you start to pull a lot of weight. Um, you know, taking the slack out of the bar, it's pretty much the same thing. Pulling, pushing, taking the slack out of the bar, and then standing up um, really should help with any deadlift you know, injuries or problems that you might have had in the past. Um, so, yeah, that's my thoughts. Yeah, so I guess, like, what you see when you come to the gym, like, let's just say I'm a new patient, right, and I come in and I got back pain, right, so I, my, my back is bothering me, so now when I deadlift, my back hurts, so automatically I start thinking, oh, deadlifts are causing my back pain, right, so what are, I guess, Nick, what would you say, like, what's the most common thing you see when I come into the gym with a new patient who is having this back pain and they want to state that maybe it's a deadlift causing their back pain. Where do you begin and what are some of like, the common faults that you might see like occurring there? Yeah, and again, I think even just you know why we're having this discussion, we're having this discussion today because 
we're trying to break down this stereotype of that deadlifts or kind of bust this myth that deadlifts are bad for your back. And I think I have a few thoughts on this, but what I'm going to do is just like Rob saying is first of all, what kind of deadlift variation have you been doing? I want to know what exactly what exactly the movement it is that you've been doing, but also what does your kind of training look like? Are you do you have pain with deadlifts and you've just started deadlifting for the first time? Are you on a certain training block? What's your what's your volume in your sessions look like? I want to know all of these things first because I think just from just from experiences and, and from the people that we've seen, a lot of people that do have uh, pain with deadlifting or they've, they've had troubles with deadlifting aren't really on any program and they're just kind of deadlifting to deadlift outside of uh, our sports population that we see here with Rob that they're obviously on a structured program but people that are deadlifting in in recreational settings a lot of time it's you know go either going for wonder at max or they're not really on a set paradise program and, and we see issues there when they try to do too much too soon when they're not ready to do that yet so First of all, ensuring that we have you know, the proper range of motion to perform whatever deadlift it is that they are currently doing. Um, how would you tell that, Nick? What, what's proper range of motion? Right. So typically, if if we want to see if we want to see someone pull a barbell with standard bumper plates or, or metal plates on, I want to make sure that we're able to to go down and touch your toes. One, but I also want to I also want to observe the the quality of that that movement. Am I getting it all from my lower back? Am I getting all my range of motion from my upper back? Where am I actually getting the range of motion? Right. We can also compare that test to an active, uh, a simple active straight leg raise test where we have a patient uh, or athlete on their back and we're testing their, their active range of motion uh, of, their hamstr- of their hamstrings and how that lengthens. In that test, I want to know where they're, where they're potentially feeling that. Um, if they feel it in their in their hamstrings, behind the knee, in their calf, are they feeling it in their low back? Is their is their midline and trunk uh, breaking position? These are all things that we're noting when we're we're testing range of motion for uh, a deadlift. After that, we you know after we clear passive and active range of motion, right? We're we're gonna see if if they can understand the idea of posterior weight shifting or getting our hips. You know, behind our heels, and so the cue way that John alluded to, hips behind the heels, or reaching their their butt back, um, like they're pushing in a drawer with their butt, while maintaining a relatively neutral spine, you know, cervical, thoracic, lumbar spine, um, while doing that and feeling a stretch in the hamstrings. So again, these are all things that we're looking for for it's almost a deadlift from the ground. If we're seeing things in our evaluation that don't add up, range of motion wise or motor control wise. That's going to dep- that's going to then lead us to make a decision. Do I need to work on flexibility, my mobility? Do I need to do a regression to uh, fine tune my motor control so I actually get the skill of deadlifting down before I start adding load? So these are all things that you know we're, we're looking at in, in evaluation, and I think what happens is deadlift gets a bad rap sometimes because I don't think people want th- people just want to deadlift from the ground. People just want to pick up heavy things from the ground they don't want to spend the time on the little stuff they don't respect the deadlift as a skill sometimes they just think hey a deadlift is starting with a weight on the ground i stand up with my hips locked out and that's it all of us in this room i don't think would agree with that we think that the deadlift is a skill that can be can be taught can be learned can be 
finely tuned as you progress. Um, and I think a lot of people don't look at movement like that. And it's really easy for you to just load up a bar really heavy and uh, not ha- not think about m- performing it with much skill. And uh, it's easy to overload certain structures or tissues that have not been prepared or exposed to those forces on their t- on, on your body before. Well, and I agree with you, Nick, where deadlifting is a skill. And I think I think most of us will agree in here it's harder to teach a deadlift than it is a squat for, for the most part because there's um, de- like pe- people learning to post your weight shift and shift their weight backwards while loading hamstrings and keeping a neutral spine is a difficult thing for most people. Um, and then nobody's talked about ego. When you add ego to the mix yeah, and yeah. wanting to, to you know pull when you're not pulling with the right – progression regression um exercise right exercise on that continuum that you talked about rob i think it's a recipe for disaster and i think um it comes a little bit comes on well the consumer needs to understand their entry point for the exercise and like you said rob they need to find a coach who knows how to coach a deadlift and knows we might have 15 steps to get you to deadlifting a conventional deadlift with a straight bar and standard plates from the floor but we need to make sure that your entry point into learning a deadlift and working up to that point is um, you're going in at the right point. Like maybe your deadlift is an unloaded hip hinge to a wall to understand how to posterior weight shift, right? Then we're working you up through a bunch of different progressions and then maybe you're pulling um, a trap bar from an elevated surface, right? Then you're working through a couple more progressions, you get to pull that trap bar to the ground. So. There's all kinds of different entry points to the exercise, and it's just it's up to the consumer to figure that out or consult with somebody that understands where this person should be coming into the exercise as long as they can maintain the prerequisite. They have the prerequisite range of motion, and they can maintain the stability in that range. I think it's, I think it's hard a lot of times because it's not an issue until you're hurt. Right? Like everything's all good until all of a sudden you're dealing with injury. And so, you know, listening to a podcast like this after the fact is – is not much help it it helps give some direction but yeah it's it's so important to in any movement right like build a solid foundation you know enter on that movement spectrum where where you belong so you're not doing too much too soon uh so you build yourself a great foundation in the skill and in the weight so you can progress accordingly i think that correlates too, not just too much too soon but also with like the the amount of volume or intensity that you put on there too right that's because if you like you say all the time, like it, it matters until it doesn't, or it doesn't matter until it does. If you go into you're doing the same reps at the same weight all the time, you're not appropriately bracing your your core, you're not using the appropriate technique. That might be all fine and dandy when you're hitting a certain volume or intensity that's not really going to stretch the boundary there or hit your max threshold. But as soon as you start overreaching or oversetting to a new intensity, then all that stuff's gonna all that technique, all the the appropriate core bracing is all gonna start kind of manifesting itself into injuries or dysfunction right yeah i agree with everything you guys have uh said i think you guys have all said some great things um going back to when that patient first comes in because i'm a physical therapist and i see this quite often when the patient comes in and they already have that perception that nick spoke about in terms of the correlation between deadlifting and back pain and i feel like i try to take it as an opportunity to kind of reel that patient back in and then just like these guys have talked about, find the right progressions and points in a deadlift progression to re-enter that patient back into that movement. And a lot of times, if you do that properly, I mean, not only will you see good results, but you're going to see like a 
complete attitude change mm-hmm. from your patient. Does you know you think about not being told sometimes by doctors or maybe just you know being in your own head. I mean sometimes you know you're like maybe I'll never deadlift again. Yeah. You know? But so you know that's that can be really powerful for some people. Um, yeah, good stuff. Right. I think that's a that's a huge point there, and uh, and I think it's really important to to when, when we do have any injury and, and, and deadlifts in this case. You know, and just and being able to put people in a position that is safe for them, right, where they can be successful, and you know, so f- looking at developmental positions, we know that you know, we can get people that in a, in, a, in a position that doesn't necessarily look like a deadlift, but they're still working on a hip hinge, right? Maybe that's tall kneeling, maybe that's quadruped, whatever the case is, and that's just, that's just a great way to, to show people like, hey, you know, your body's actually moving at the in the same joint angles. That, that would show up in a deadlift, right? With someone who is hurt and does have a perception of being scared of deadlifts, I think that's a really important tool that we can use as physical therapists is putting people, you know, in positions where even like a tall kneeling hip hinge where you have a band pulling on your waist, the, the force is not, it's not vertical, it's now horizontal. So putting, almost tricking the patient to showing them, showing them that they can do this movement that doesn't necessarily look like a deadlift, but it's using the same musculature, it's using the same motor control to build someone's confidence back up. How do you guys think we fix that perception? I mean, where do you think it starts, just out of curiosity? I know we're doing everything we can, and well, you know, we're a small fraction of, of what's going on, so. So I think a lot of this, this uh, I, I could I'd probably call it hate. A lot of this hate comes from I'm assuming, no hate on you guys, is coming from PTs that see people that say, I hurt my back deadlifting. Right. So then PTs are saying, oh, like deadlifts are probably bad because I see all these people that have hurt their backs deadlifting. Now, the counter-argument to that is all these trainers are then probably training these people that have no idea what they're doing that are hurting people as well. So I, to me, it always comes back to, like, let's just make sure everyone's as educated as possible on proper technique, exercise selection, exercise intensity and load and um you know let's just try to help everyone that maybe might not be as educated on what proper deadlift technique is and how to do it and um you know just because you you think you know how to deadlift doesn't mean you actually know how to deadlift well and i think that's huge the education part rob because i mean what's the number one thing that i would give people to get them out of back pain and pick something up off the floor it would be a hip hinge right so, I mean, how else is someone teaching someone to pick something off of the floor? They're, right. they're saying maybe squat down to pick it up off the floor. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. not realistic for a lot of people. No. Um, but a hip hinge is the number one thing I'm, I'm, um, I'm teaching people when they have low back pain and I'm trying to get them to tie their shoes, yep. right? Um, so I think there is a huge education component. And be, it, because it is one of the harder lifts to coach, that I, I think people sometimes just gloss over it and they don't understand the intricacies and the progressions to get people – where they need to. I definitely agree that it is a very difficult exercise to coach, um, especially for younger athletes. You know, if you're working with younger athletes that have no idea how to how to do any exercise technique, like getting them to hip hinge is is very difficult. And and yeah, yeah some athletes walk into the gym and they're the studs, they're the naturals that can pick it up very quickly, but that they are few and far between. Um, and I also think it's very difficult. To to get someone that's been deadlifting wrong for 20 years to get them to deadlift right. Now you're trying to break 20 years of bad habits and 
that's also very difficult because guess what you got to attack first with that person you got to attack their ego and tell them hey like you got to go back to the 60 pound kettlebell because you have no idea how to deadlift you know so i think both of those individuals are very tough um to coach and very tough to get them into the right positions to be able to deadlift successfully um you know having said that i think you know deadlift should be in everyone's programs and you know let's let's uh stop the hate i also think i mean sometimes we rush through those progressions that we've been talking about and sometimes it's because of ego um impatience whatever it may be but a lot of times we need to spend more time at those progressions and those intermediate steps before moving to a full lift sometimes or just going from the floor maybe um and i think sometimes that is what leads to maybe injuries um and then with the injury you get the correlation between back pain and deadlift yeah. i think there's one last thing here i think there's two there's two kind of different types of you know injuries like training right there's being underprepared right doing something too soon right when we when we weren't we hadn't prepared tissues we hadn't built build a solid chronic workload right and then there's there's overuse right so there's overuse injuries where maybe we've done too much too soon our load has breached our capacity you know in in both ways it's it's very interesting it's very uh, important to differentiate between those two was i someone who was not resistance training ever i went down to pick something up and my body wasn't prepared to fulfill a task in that range of motion, right? Or am I someone who was deadlifting too much um, and my body wasn't prepared to it? So in, in both ways, I think it's important to understand that person's background of you know, how they had their injury. And that's gonna, again, help with either our educational piece, you know, whether we're gonna go into a point of direct um, progressions or regressions, um, so again, just understanding where the patient's coming from is really important, like always. Great point to sum it up, Nick. Um, so once again, guys, that concludes our episode on deadlifts and low back pain. Um, if you enjoy the stuff that we're putting out, please go ahead and raise a five-star rating and share um, with all your friends and family so we can hopefully continue to spread the word and put out good information. Um, if you guys have any topics that you want us to hit, um, hit me up at, at J-H-E-R-T-I-N-G at thetrainingroompt.com, and we'll go ahead and cover those topics for you. Until next time, guys, thanks.